Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- What up? Friend. Yeah. Talk to us, man. You are on the eve of uh, one of the biggest days in your life. Well, you have two kids, so I don't know. Well, you tell me. What? Um, you are getting married next month. Just yeah. this past weekend, we went and got suited for tuxes. Yeah, man. Hung out with some old friends. Yep. Had a good time. Good time. Um, what are you feeling, man? Like, as a person who has two children with this person that you're marrying, mm-hmm. does this feel like uh, uh the biggest day of your life? Like, does it does it feel? I mean, I know it's obviously yeah, it's huge. But like, is it comparable to a birth of a kid? Is it? You know, like what is the what is the feeling of um, how's Fran feeling? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, it is. You know, obviously, yes. It's one of the it's like you're the hanging up your. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, no, because I've I hung it up long ago. I mean, you guys ago. been together for so long. Yeah. Know? So it's like um, I, I I am excited, but I don't think I'm like um, what I, what I want to say. It's it's well to answer your question. No, I don't think it's not the biggest day of my life, but. Mm-hmm. Sophia, mm-hmm. Max, mm-hmm. two humans I've created mm-hmm. <laughs> is pretty big. Is you know the, the two of the best moments in my life. So mm-hmm. you know, by us getting married, yes, it's gonna be a big day. It's crazy. It's a big event. You know, happy, excited. But it's like it's just a it's another step, mm-hmm. a new chapter, and it's just like now we now we have the title that we we're married. Yes. So it's like even if we wasn't having this thing. We still like essentially we are married. Yeah, you know, doing you know. big things together. Yeah, this is just like y'all gonna have a another nice year. It's like they play like yeah, these motherfuckers are married. Yeah. Government go like yeah, yeah legally, they, they legally, legally, yeah. <laughs> legally they already married. So it doesn't make it don't make no damn difference. Call you guys a common law married. Exactly, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yep. Yeah. So, but other than that, man, I'm excited. Um, it's getting close. Yes, I remember us just you know remember me proposing and then we planned it out a year mm-hmm. ago and now it's like it's here. It's a month away, it's damn it. So it's like yeah, man. So. Oh, then I'm excited, man. Yeah, I got plans for some my speech. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna kick things Ooh. off. I'm gonna kick things. I'm gonna let you know now. All right. Because I, you know, I, you know, I take I take tasks to heart. Yeah. So I plan All on right. winning the whole crowd over. I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna do a thing where the first like five lines I'm gonna do in Spanish. Okay. Then I'm gonna then I'm <laughs> okay. gonna then I'm gonna like 
kind of summarize to the English speakers what I said, mm. tie it all back around, then get into the speech, right. bag it, joke, joke, sentimental thing, boom, and then I get out of there. I think it's going to kill. <laughs> I, I'm going to really make sure I'm I get, I'm going to get with a dialect coach and make sure my, I'm, I'm, oh, it's going to blow people's mind. I'm like, uh, you know, buenas tardes, you know, Metro Monica. I mean, like it's gonna be like I'm gonna be rolling my R's. Right. Like, oh, is he fluent? Is he fluent? Very impressed. It's gonna, not gonna be no. It's gringo Spanish. It's gonna be like a beautifully eloquent Spanish introduction to speaking to the family. Yeah, uh, familia. Uh, Jesus Cristo. I'm gonna say all the Trinity of things, and I'm gonna be like, oh, how beautiful. I'm like, and basically, you guys, what I said to them was <laughs> wrap it up, spin it around, yeah. boom, and God bless. Let's break bread. You know, yeah. it's, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm excited. Right, hey, I, got, I got big plans now. Um, I do have a bit of a not a bone to pick, but almost okay. like a bit of an aha moment. I recently I um I went out uh, to uh, Top Golf right. with a friend, and we had a good time. And I brought up to the servers there my uh, take on ends meet, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't I'm not beating a dead horse. It just happened to come up, and I had a conversation with them. And you know they when I explained it to them. They went, you know something, man? I think that, yeah, you're kind of, I never thought of it that way. You're just thinking outside of the box a bit. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who are new here, we got some new listeners. I, in a moment of transparency to our listenership, because that's all I ever am is transparent to the listeners. I revealed to you and the listeners, friend, that I thought, at a point, I thought the phrase uh, make ends meet mm-hmm. was in reference to like meat. That you eat, like mm-hmm. food, M-E-A-T. Right. Just because, like, I thought it was like a type of meat. Like, the end of the day, you work all day. I took it back to peasant times. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a, a hierarchy. There's, you know, we're living in a time where there's a king and a queen and, you know, jesters and all that stuff. And you're a, a, a peasant working the fields, tilling the fields. And after a long day, you get a couple of shillings, but barely enough. You barely get enough shillings to get ends meet. You got to make that ends meet, that money to get the ends meet because you got kids at home. They're starving. Please can I have some more yeah. porridge, mom? And you need to make the money to make that ends meet. And when I explained it to them that way, I feel like all I need is some time to explain it to people and then they get it. And you look at me like you still think it's stupid, but I've... It is stupid. No. It's absolutely ridiculous. No, but like, but after the explanation though, you get it a little bit more, right? Yeah, because they go like, this fucking guy's out of his mind and... <sighs> They we'll just, just, just give it to me. We'll just, just give it to me. Disagree with them. That's what you think happened. They just nah, were like, "Oh man," because exactly I'm standing up, I'm passionate, I'm sweating. I'm like, yeah. "No," because you know what I mean. You get it right, and they just go, "Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, they, yeah for sure, yeah, definitely." Yeah, where were you at again? <laughs> I was at Top Call, and you were talking to who? The servers. At and, and why would you? And you tell me why you think they would agree. I think what you're trying to say is they wanted a good tip, but I don't think that that was the case. I think they just agreed that it was a, a unique thought. Okay, I tell you like this. I don't think there's many people on the planet that have thought that. And I don't that think is a that unique is. thought, and I'll take that. Because that doesn't happen very often. There's a billions of people on this planet. No idea is new under the sun. Because everybody knows what it means. That's the, that's the other side of it, though. Everybody know what... The, you think I'm the only person on the planet that didn't know what ends meet, meant? I'm the only person. One in a few. Okay, well that's fine. That's fine. Like I said, I'm a unique thought, and I'll take that. I think that's yeah. unique. And what thought. what is it? What is that like a? Uh, is that ex- what is it? Uh, it's an expression. Uh, idiom or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. It's like an expression people use. You know, just when you're saying like I'm, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to just get by. And it's and it's a well known expression yeah, that yeah. people know what it means. Yes. 
But for you, but, but but for you, it? no, 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 no. But for you, oh, you know, want to be, oh, I'm this guy with this open mind and I go against the grain type that's personality what, that you have. Where it's like, it oh, I thought it meant this when it's like, no, it means this. But I think it means this because, you know, I just, I'm different from a different universe. <laughs> that's not, that's, and that's, that's and this is how my mind thinks. And I like to be different. Well, why don't you tell me what, what is it, what are you making, what ends, what ends are meeting? What does it mean? What is it in reference to? A belt? Like, what are the ends that are, what are you, are you trying to make, what are they referencing? What are these ends? You're Money. trying to make two ends touch? I'm trying to make ends meet. But what is the metaphor? I don't understand the metaphor. Hey, it's man, much I, I can't sit up here and give you the dictionary, you know. Uh, but you just know it's not meat. I just know it's not meat. M-E-A-T, I just know it's not meat. I know it's not, it's at the end of the day where I come home and I got shillings. <laughs> oh, mom, I'm hungry. And I go in and go like, it's, this is, I... <laughs> I don't eat, eat my food that make ends meet. Like I, that doesn't make it. I don't even. I don't know how you how you pulled that out of that and was like, oh, I'm, it means this. And they started explaining to some waiters that's going like, this guy's fucking ridiculous. He's out of his mind. And I need to eat. I got to make ends meet because if I don't agree with this joke, then I can't eat to make ends meet. So I'm gonna go along with him, saying that you know the, the ends meet his way. Because if I don't. Then I can't make I ends meet, I won't tip them. and I won't make no money. So, wow, that's how you gotta. Well, I don't think that they thought they were under some kind of duress <laughs> where they had to agree with me. I think I was very nice, and sure. we laughed. Sure, and I think they just kind of saw things my way a bit. Right, but you bring up a good point. Yeah. That's I guess that's fine. Yeah, and you know, all I'm saying is I got laughed out of the building the, when I first brought this up, and it just interestingly came up naturally mm. the other night, and I thought I'd tell people, hey. There's some people out there that were like, I kind of see what you mean, uh, friend. Yes. Uh, there's something I wanted to touch on. Um, there was a football coach of a youth football league in Dallas, Texas, or in the Dallas, yeah, in the Dallas area, Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. Um, he was murdered at a. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, he was murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was murdered at a at a kids football game. He was the coach. His son was on the team, and his yeah. wife was in the audience. Uh, this guy's name was Mike Hickman. Mm-hmm. The coach of the opposing the opposing uh, team is named Jakob Talib. His okay. brother is Akib Talib. For those mm, people who follow football. football, he famously ripped off. I uh, can't remember the wide receiver's name, but uh, there was a wide receiver playing for the Oakland Raiders at the time, and he scored a touchdown or got a big play on Akib Talib, and Akib Talib ran over and snatched it. He had a chain on, and he snatched the chain off of his neck just for no reason, really. Like, he does. He didn't even do it. Michael Crabtree. Yeah, it was Michael Crabtree. Okay. Yeah, good memory. Um, he snatched Michael Crabtree's necklace, and they weren't even like Michael Crabtree was almost just kind of like, "I caught it, hey crowd." And he keeps leaving, went over and was like, "Hey man, what's up? You know, you see, uh, you like Subway sandwich? Give yeah. me the chain." He snatched it. <laughs> he was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. was it was out of nowhere. It just didn't make any sense. Um, so he's a hothead, and allegedly, he kind of initiated the fight between the coach mm. and his brother. Followed suit. So whether mm. it was like a keep to leave might have had like a like a um a first down pole or something like yeah. that like he did something where he initiated a fight and then his brother i guess to protect Akib to leave because he's you know the brother that is the nfl player or whatever yeah or they or they're just hotheads or something and be, being that it's texas and a lot of people have guns he pulled a gun out at a at a like a nine and a nine to a twelve his brother pulled a gun out yes Yaku to leave pulled a cr- gun out it's crazy and murdered a guy yeah i saw this video and it's crazy kids to kids everywhere. Kids everywhere, and it's crazy to see after a couple of days when the story starts to unravel, and you go, 
Michael Crabtree and his brother was involved. Because that that news wasn't out at first. Or Keep to Leave. Uh, yeah, yeah, Keep yeah, to Leave. Yeah, yeah uh, that news wasn't out. What the fuck did I just say? Uh, yeah, that news didn't come out at first. Yeah. It was just, at first it was just like a football player, a football coach was killed because mm-hmm. of, you know, reckless gun violence. And it's like, now, I didn't know that till you just said that. Yeah. And that's crazy. And now that news is coming out. The wild, the wild part is there's a lot of people that were there that were saying, it's a keep to leave. Like, we are, this is a kid's football. Like, if, if. Cause one I don't like, and this is a whole discussion. Cause you'll you'll be at this point someday. Not hopefully not at this point, but like kids and sports and overhyped parents and kid parents trying to live vicariously through their yeah. You know the whole yeah, yeah. Levar Ball got that bad rap. You know, you're like you're 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 trying to live through your kids in the sport, and a lot of that happens. That's why people are cussing and throwing, want to fight referees for yeah, bad calls at a a, a a five and it's under insane. football game or whatever. But everybody that was there was saying. It's a keep to leave. If he would, if there was a fight between like a bad call or a, a team was showboating at the end of a game or whatever, and if a keep to leave would have come over and be like, "Hey man, settle. Let's come on, y'all, calm down." People would have respected his word because he's a accomplished football player and he's here giving his time to his, him and his brother or coaching the team or whatever. They, everybody was saying like, "We all." I think a lot of people would have like stepped back and and deescalated the situation because mm-hmm. we respect him. But he came over and turned it up, and it. it like the opposite happened because it's a keep to leave. Now everybody that's on his side is like, yeah, we're, we're all yeah, as yeah. mad as a keep to leave is. Yeah, yeah. And his brother also was in that same mind and pulled a gun out and killed a guy in front of his wife and his kid. And, yep. and in front of a bunch of other kids yeah. and a straight bullet could have went, I mean, yeah. another, a, a kid could have got hit and you know, yeah. like so many uh, variables could have happened. And it just makes me sick that there are parents that go to these. Cause I see, you see this all the time. And it makes me, we live in a city where like, you know, there's so many people and so many kids in Baltimore trying to make it out through sports. Yeah. So a lot of these basketball games have six, seven, nine police officers there. Yeah, and, the, you know, and uh, youth, like, what is it? AA? What is it? AAU? AAU. Mm-hmm. AAU basketball is so toxic these days. All these kids are trying to get footage. Yeah. yeah. So they want to embarrass you and dunk on yeah, you man. and then push you. and all. So it's, it's, very intense. it's intense. Yeah, yeah. But the parents aren't making it any better because they're in the stands talking shit up. to each other. Yeah, and, all, and then sometimes, like, they go bad at the end of the game. They people rush the court, and it, it's like these are kids, man. These are kids. Yeah, it's getting out of control, man. It's getting out of control. I don't think I, you know, like, you know, I love basketball. I want my kids to play basketball. Max to play basketball. Yeah. Sophie did play sports as well, but it's like, it, I, I'm just not going to f- force it. I'm not going to force it on them because it's like I didn't make it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Come on, yeah. Let's be realistic. Here. Just like you want them to <laughs> develop character, and and I don't, I don't even know if they. For me, it's like I feel like. That's what's missing in sports these days is that everybody is like from five, they're they're putting their kids in training camps and having them run ladder drills and put parachutes on. It's like, are you having them, are you looking for a coach that is like instilling good values in your kid? Like the things that sportsmanship is about, not about like, well, you know, right now he's five, but hopefully by the time he's 16, he hits a growth spurt. He's a great one-on-one player. Yeah. It's it's more than that. Come on, bro. Everybody's like, how do I get my kid to the league at five years old? Yeah. So nothing that you're doing is about like, okay, what if I just want to instill the good character traits of sports in my kids so they go out and become a productive member of society. Right. And instead, all these kids are now like throwing the ball off of each other's head yeah, and, you know, dance, doing the gritty, you know, and it's like, listen, John Morant's really good at basketball. Yeah. But, you know, everybody can't be John Morant. Right. So you need to take away the good parts about basketball and not like, well, I go out and I dance and I put on a show and th- that's should come second to like the fundamentals of like what is a team teamwork and 
you know, accepting a loss and good sportsmanship, shake a hand after yeah. you lose a game. Th- that's what should matter, not like, man, I got my, my kid, I'm having him run in the sand in the summertime. He's 11. Let him be 11. <laughs> if he grow. wants to go run in the sand, go to the let beach. Him. Don't run him. Yeah, always like, let them let find it on their own. Let them grow up and go, when they go like, hey, I, I want to get better. They'll at that. tell you if they want to, hey, man, I, I want to take this serious. I'm going to yeah. take this next level. Then you go, okay, cool. Yes. But when you pushing them because you didn't make it or you wasn't good enough, then they get older and go like, I don't, I don't, I never wanted this. Yeah, this was what you <laughs> this wanted. This is what you wanted exactly. And it's you get these uh, documentaries, Venus Williams and Ray, Tiger Woods, right? And it's like that is a those are special people. Yes, but those stories are common. You 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 live vicariously through your kids. You run your kids into the ground, and most of the time, even in the cases of those p- stories, it fucked them up. They end in resentment. Yeah, Tiger Woods probably resented the shit out of his dad. Yeah. From what I remember in this documentary, his dad like hypnotized him yeah. and all this shit, and he wouldn't let him have friends. And he had this whole group of friends in high school that he wanted to be friends with, but his dad wouldn't let him. And yeah. he had a girl that he liked that his dad wouldn't let him date. And it's like Tiger Woods is worth a billion dollars, but he lost a piece of his childhood. Yeah. In, in pursuit of this dream and there's a bunch of kids who don't become Tiger Woods yeah. and crumble under the pressure or they're just not good enough but you stole their youth making them practice in the rain five yeah. days a week and now they find out from a person who just knows it like you don't have what it takes to go to the next yeah. level and the you- biggest one is Michael Jackson I mean that's not sports but it's like yes exactly he was forced into that at a very young age. Very young age. And did it. And it fucked him for up. For 20, 30 something years. And it fucked him up. It fucked him up. And not that a consolation prize, hundreds of millions of dollars is a, a decent consolation prize, but there's tons of kids whose parent was a Motown singer or something or a jazz musician or a pianist or whatever and did the same thing Joe Jackson did to his kids and they just weren't good enough to right. be. And now they have all the fucked up things Michael yeah. Jackson has and, and they work at Jiffy Lube. Yeah, exactly. They lost a lot of time and they don't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have that like money. That's, to- that's common. Yeah. Becoming Venus and Serena Williams is uncommon. Right. It's uncommon amongst the most uncommon. Those are superstars, one in a million. Yep. God touched them in a special type of way. But a parent who is overbearing and toxic and, and, and unhealthy, I just read, uh, you remember iCarly? Yeah. Uh, Sam Puckett, mm-hmm. the, her best, her sidekick friend. Yeah. Her, Jeanette McCurdy, the actress, she just put out a book called I'm, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Shit. And she talks about how her mom introduced her to bulimia. Her mom, her mom wanted to be an actress mm-hmm. and Jeanette McCurdy never wanted to be an actress. And she had her out there acting at like five years old and she would go, I don't really want to do this anymore. No, you do. You do. But she wanted to make her mom, she wanted to please her mom so much that she just was like, I do. You're right, mom. I do want to act. And she did that for 20 plus years Mm. and was bulimic and had all kind of OCD problems and was doing doing a thing that she hated. Now she gets iCarly, makes millions of dollars. And she's like, well, it's cool that I get to provide for my family and everything, but I don't, I don't like doing this. She's one with the the gold, the gold hair. Yeah. 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 Like the curly hair. Yeah. 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 She was like, she would, uh, yeah, had uh, butter socks. She had like, she would put butter in a sock and beat people up. With yeah, 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 yeah. It was a good show, but um, and she talks about the, you know, the dangers of Hollywood. And she didn't say him by name, but that guy Dan Schneider that made all those shows that from our youth that you know we love. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking like creepy. Nobody's outright calling him a pedophile, but he's pedophile adjacent at least. Really, and they make everybody from that time all those shows, all that, and Zoe One Hundred One, and uh, Sam and Cat, and um iCarly and probably Jake and Drake and Josh. He made all the big shows. And every one really? of those people, for the most part, signed like an NDA when they left the shows. Wow. To say, like, you won't talk about this guy. So nobody can really come out and say, he used to tickle my feet in a weird way, or he made us take pictures in bathing suits. They can't outright say that he did anything because they took a lump sum of money. 
Mm. To, to stay quiet. Like, almost like they knew. Like, hey, man, like, I know you just finished the show, but just as a formality, here's $100,000, and you sign this saying you won't ever talk about the show experience. That's crazy. You got money just doing all like that? Like, oh, I'm, I'm a creep, so I can just pay all these people yep. to not say shit. Mm-hmm. And, you gotta, just, and keep on but doing. But think about doing. the name thing of the names I just said of the shows. Yeah, some big shows, yeah, man. The guy yeah. made that could cripple. The guy made Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon made the guy made Nickelodeon hundreds of millions. Yeah, of dollars. yeah, for sure. I Carly was huge. Like they had merchandise and all kind. That show was huge. Drake and Josh, all that. That's my shit. Amanda show. I yeah. mean, he made a lot of fucking shows for that network. But he was he was he's a pervert of some kind, and he had access to children for decades. Mm. He did a lot of creepy shit, and she doesn't say him by name in the book, but you know who she's talking about. And it's just, that's another example of like your parent living vicariously through you is blind to like the dangers. They're like pushing you more into the danger. Like, yeah. you know, no, get close to this guy, you know, because we want you to get more acting parts. And you're like feeding your kid to a lion. So, you know, more often than not, you just give your kid the trauma and your kid's not going to end up Michael Jordan or LeBron right. James or something like right. that. They're just going to be a traumatized person who lost a lot of their youth and wake up one day and realize I'm living somebody else's dream and I'm miserable. Don't fucking uh, put your shit on your kids, man. It, it 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 doesn't end well. Let's get into the shout outs before we take a quick break, Fran. All right, we got a, some quick shout outs. Fran, as we are speaking to the listeners, at the very least, it's Monday. I'm two days out from traveling to Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be there from Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, I'm not really from foggy on the dates, but I'm really excited to see uh, so many of our podcast friends starting to get like messages and um, like uh, replies to tweets and stuff. Like, I'll be there. Can't wait to do it. See you there. This, that, and so there's going to be people there to, for us to see. There's going to be podcasters there for me to meet. Yeah. I'm super excited to uh, really put some names to faces and network that's one of the hardest things for me like we go to these like when we go to crime con these other conventions i like to go and meet people but it's still hard for me to be like we're affirmative murder yeah it feels pretentious and i, I don't like and i go what's you what's your wh- what podcast are you i just like talking to people so i never it's like that's the next hump i need to get over is like well you gotta you gotta you gotta sell yourself yeah you know like you're you're there you have a show you want people to listen to it you gotta tell them what it is you gotta tell yeah. them where to find it Tyler, the creator, had one of my, he's one of my favorite videos. It's like a 30-second clip, and he goes, you know, there's so many people. Yeah, talk, so many people out here, man. They don't want people to, they're, like, timid. Like, they might just post their art or their song one time. It's like, I post songs from my album from three years ago. <laughs> like, I post, you're supposed to be the biggest fan of your shit. You're supposed to be yeah, posting your shit every day a thousand times because who's going to be a bigger fan of your shit than you are? Like, if you're yeah. not that excited about it, how do you expect other people to be excited That's about true. it? And And so... You know, it was a big step for me to even like start posting podcast stuff on my personal Instagram. Like, I've taken steps in the direction of being more comfortable, being like, "This is what I do." Yeah. But it's still like some ways to go. You know, do you, the, you, you know what I mean by that? You know what I mean by that? Right? I, like, I can exactly what you said. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, but I'm excited. That was just like calling us when we first was like us calling ourselves podcasters was like, yeah. It was a big step. That was yeah. That yeah, was yeah. a journey. That was a journey. Yeah. And we were like three years in. I was like, no, like we just have a podcast. Yeah. But I'm not a podcaster. But um, yeah, I'm excited to go and try to do this whole networking thing a little bit more. So I'm excited and I look forward to coming back and letting you guys know how it went. I'm excited to tell you guys how Dallas went. Up first, as far as shout outs are concerned, we got Lisa H. Uh, shout out to you. Your email address has two sixes in it. That's a little too close to the devil's work mm. for me. So put you're pushing it. 
Now, I don't want, I was going to say, I'm guessing you were born in 66, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't want to be wrong, and I don't, I don't know. That's not, that's the right. If you were born in 66, that's awesome. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, uh, up next, we got Bailey A.L. Okay, Bailey, shout out to you. I love a little bit of Bailey's in my coffee. It really gets the day started every day. I start off with a big, giant pot of coffee with a fifth of Bailey's. That's how I start every day. It really kicks, uh, really grows the hair on the chest, and it starts my day off like no other. Do you? Oh, yeah, man. I get faded most days. Uh, Lastly, we got Lauren R. M. Lauren R. M. Shout out to you. Lauren, we... uh, You are the best, really, around. You know, and and we love you and we salute you and we think that you're awesome. So shout out to you and thank you for the support. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, it's one of our turns to get into some fucking shit. We'll figure that out during the break. See you guys in a second. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my mylifeinabook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P, at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time, that's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome back. I think I got a pretty interesting story this week. Um, this story is about maybe you heard of it, maybe you haven't. I'm, I'm sure you heard. Try of, me. I'm sure you heard of similar 
uh, stories like this. This is not your typical story like we usually do, you know, serial killers. This is just like a one-off attack, but it's pretty interesting. Okay. So this is the story. Uh, my friend of murder this week is about the story of the attack on Mark Van Dungen, Dungeon and uh, Berlina Wallace. So Berlina Wallace is a 48-year-old fashion student from South Africa who had a five-year relationship and lives and lived with um, 29-year-old Mark Van Dungen. You have a South African accent in you? I don't. I don't even know. You ever seen Blood Diamond? Yeah, I seen it. He's blick. He's blick. Blick. Is that is that where the white Africans come from? Is that South? Or is that? Or is that? Uh, Those are colonizers, but yeah, I mean, there's South African people that are white for sure. They're white. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They go blick. He's blick. No, I don't. I don't have a. African, African. That's how they talk. He's a black boy. I don't like that accent though. That sounds. It's intense. It doesn't it's not sound a sexy authentic accent at all. At all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, all kind of Australian. That sounds kind of whack. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so she lived um, and had a five year relationship with twenty nine year old Mark Mark Van Dungen, who was a six foot five engineer. Mm. They met. This is now. Before I said before I say this because this sounds kind of crazy to me anyway. My sources were, uh, I had to use a couple sources. I had to use The Guardian. Mm -hmm. I used BBC.com. Yes. I had to use The Washington Post. Sure. I had to use uh, News.com, which is I think is another UK uh, news um, um, publisher. Mm -hmm. And I had to use The Sun.co, which is another UK news publishing thing. So those are my sources. And I had to piece together what I could find. So... Different stories varies on different articles, so you uh-huh. know. But you find your center points that you need to make. And yeah. You, yeah, yeah, you got it. So they met, and this is, I got this from the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true this is. I'm not sure, but I got this from the Washington Post. They met on a dating site for people with HIV. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, sh- I'm, I'm sure there's a market for that. For sure, for sure. You know? I just never heard, I've never heard of it before. That's well, you're why. not in the market. You're not in the demographic. Have you ever True. heard of farmer? You've been, been on Farmer's Meat? That's like where Farmer's Meat? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where oh, Farmer's okay. Meat. <laughs> or J-Date. Okay, no. It's for what? Jewish people. Okay, or I mean, bag- I heard I heard of the religious ones. Bagel meets lox. That's another Jewish one. Ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I just never, I, right, I'm not in that market, so I don't know. But there was a, uh, they made it on a dating, a dating website for people with HIV. Uh, so Wallace and Mark already had a pretty turbulent relationship, according to family and you know others. Mm-hmm. Coworkers sometimes saw scratches on Mark because of you know Wallace's jealous outbursts, you know throughout their time of their relationship. Mark also told colleagues Wallace had been violent toward him. And he seemed genuinely scared. He's six five. Yeah, but I mean. She's a woman. Wait, he's uh, he's scared. He's scared. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I, sorry, oh. I had it mixed up. Wow. Okay. No, yeah, oh, she's wow. scared. Yeah. I mean, he's scared. He's I'm sorry. Scared. He's he's scared. Yeah, he's genuinely he's genuinely scared of her because her violent outbursts and I guess you know he's she's attacking. You know, he can't again. It's hard. For, he can't it's hard. Him. He can't really defend himself. So it's like for me not for this to go sideways and for me to be, you know, he's he's threatened. Yeah. So he he, uh, she's, he said that she repeatedly injured her, injured herself and threatened to tell police Ooh, no. that Mr. Mark had caused the injuries if he ever tried to leave. You got to get out. You can't even joke about Like, that's not even funny. 
to joke about. I dated a girl once that's and and she didn't she didn't understand. Mm-hmm. She just said it as a joke, like a jokingly, like, "Oh, I'll I'll say you did it." But like as a joke, I was like, "That's not funny." Yeah, it's not funny. It's just not funny. It's like, not let's funny. not even joke around like that. So if the people are making threats like that, you got to get out. Yeah, you got to get out. Yep. Um, he said that on one occasion, at least at least one occasion, she poured boiling hot water. on mm. No, this is so many red flags already. Yeah, man. You got to go. Yeah. This is, oh. So sometime in August of 2015, Mark told Wallace that he was done with her. And he began seeing another woman. God, no. Yeah, man. Yep. So following their separation, um, she found out that he was dating dating another woman. And she made 14 silent phone calls to his new girlfriend. Like Uh, breathing on the phone? Silent? Just silent. Just. That's creepy. 14 silent phone calls to his new girlfriend, Violet. So a month between um, from a month between when they broke up to when he started dating a new woman, investigators said that Wallace looked at 82 websites about corrosive substances. Some of the sites showed body scarred uh, oh, like acid. black by, the, by acid. Oh. She bought a liter of 90, 98 cent, 98% sulfuric, sulfuric acid on Amazon for Amazon 17 pounds. Let me finish. 17 pounds, 17 pounds and seven cents. Is that how you, 17 pounds and seven? I don't know this. I don't know. Okay. I don't 17 know. pounds and 17. Whatever. You Europe nickels. Something. But uh, it was 17 pounds. If you just want to round it up mm-hmm. and spent days researching what, to, what it would do. So, oh. I did a little bit of research. So you can go on Amazon and, you know, buy sulfuric acid for maybe like, you know, $9. I don't know if it's the same. I maybe it's, I don't know if it's different kinds. Yeah. But you definitely go in there and buy, you know, a you bottle for like, 20, for like 25 bucks. And did you, how far did you go? Like, did you have to like present uh, some kind I didn't, of I didn't go all the way to the, like, I didn't know, but it's like. I'm on Amazon. Like I'm on Amazon.com, and I'm not and I'm not logged in on my my uh my computer. Yeah, so you're just on it without you can even just, having your account. If in. it pops up, just put sulfuric acid, and it pops up. It comes up wow. with a whole all types of these um chemicals. Because this happens a lot in India, like scorned lovers will throw acid on their like exes' faces. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so horrible. Yep. Again, so she did that research. Uh, investigators found that out by you know after the fact. Um, obviously, we know what what's going to happen. You know. Um, I can take a guess. Yeah. So, and uh, investigators showed that she searched images of acid attack victims on Google. Mm. So, sometime in September, the couple appeared to rekindle their romance, um, exchanging love messages, promising to try to make the relationship work again. Oh man! Some articles saying that um, this was her way of luring yeah. him in to Ugh. to do what you know. Why would you go back, man? I've never been in a domestic like domestically violent relationship but i feel like it's an interesting angle to speak because like we always speculate and guess like a lot of mm-hmm. times we do stories about what women yeah you go why'd you go back and you have you know it's all these kind of we can't escape men are dangerous the, yeah. you know the things that we've learned over the years that as you know when we used to just go just leave and we learned it's more complicated what do you think are the reasons for men because in my mind i just go purely superficial now like this was the best sex of my life or I love them. Yeah, it could be that. Not or, like none of the fear things, you know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think is, I don't think it's fear when men 
go back. It's just like he was dating another woman at mm-hmm. the time, and this was an ex. We know from past that you know exes. You know if we had something, you know five year relationship with this yeah. person, it's not it's not that easy to just like move on, move on and cut this person off for sure. So if he loved this woman mm-hmm. and he moved, you know, after it was a month or whatever, or so still until miss he her. until he moved on to another woman, he still miss, especially if they talking still mm-hmm. on occasions and trying to rekindle that little flame. Yeah, he's go back. It's really more about like sex than it is. Oh, him I, actually I can't trying to make it work. get from underneath of the financial. Yeah, th- yeah, I mean that could happen too. I guess like you could be a dude who's financially relying upon a woman. That could be a part of it too, maybe. Yeah, but I feel like. More often than not, in the case where you go, man, why are you going back to her? She's she's saying she's gonna tell the police that you hit her and stuff. Yeah. You go, man, it's just we have a really good chemistry. The sex, I feel, yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of times for dudes, it's more of a like a love, yeah, or and sex, yeah, as opposed yep. to the fear and I can't get away, I can't just move, and I don't know how often that is the case for dudes. Yeah, so I could be wrong, though. right? So some articles said that you know it was for to, to lure him in and. I think it was more to lure him in than it being mutual. I think so. So she already's made her decision that like you've done me wrong in some kind of way. Right. But either way, at the time they they had an on and off relationship. Right. You know, between them breaking up and him starting dating another woman. Again, she found out he was dating another woman. Yeah. Yeah. So again, they tried to rekindle that that romance that they had, exchanging love messages, uh, promising to try to make the relationship work again. Mister Van. Uh, so they had uh, on Narco they had like the transcripts of some of the text messages. So Mr. Um, Van sent Wilder saying, like, you know, I love you. I always have, you know, mm-hmm. just he could really mean this. You know, yeah, he yeah, really yeah. I'm sure woman, it right? does. I'm sure it um, does. But he was saying that, you know, we he would love to make the relationship work. She was saying that you are, you, you and me are meant to be. I always known that. And I'll treat you as you deserve to be treated. You're my princess. That's what he said? That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And Wallace, Wallace replied, replied, it means a lot hearing those words. You are the love of my life. God does not make a mistake in this. And I love you with all my heart. Mm. So one, after those couple text messages, one night the couple planned to, you know, get together. They they agreed to cook dinner one night. Mm-hmm. And he was going to come over. Um, after Mr. Mark got off work. That same evening that he was supposed to go hang out with Miss Wallace, mm-hmm. he also hung out with his, his girlfriend, his new oh, girlfriend. see, no, this dude, see, this is, he's in his bag. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. trying to, he's trying to build, flush out a roster and, have his cake and eat it too. That's that's what yeah, that yeah. is. So it could be, you know, he he You don't get two girlfriends, man. Right. You it's, get one girlfriend. Yeah. It's reports that You don't get two girlfriends. It's reports that, you know, he was going over there to say, like, hey, this is I'm getting th- back together is, with my wife. No, this is oh. this is it. This is To who? To call her to, up to Miss Wallace. Miss Wallace. Yes. To his ex. To his ex girlfriend. To, to be, be like, like this was a mistake for it. us to try to rekindle. I don't want to do that anymore. Right. This is it. That's but, one of the reports. But that as a guy yeah, and we know this. Yeah, uh-huh. that can flip on his head mm-hmm. when you arrive there. Now you had, now you, <laughs> now you, you know he had sex with his, the first girlfriend. Comes yeah. back, he has in his mind, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, that could easily flip. Now you didn't Absolutely. have sex with her again, and you, yep. and he wouldn't be upset if it happened that way. He just go, oh, I'll, I'll try again next time to try to break up with her. Yep, maybe it'll happen the next time. In my mind, I just go straight to him. Was try, he was trying to be a dirtbag, probably slick, slick man, probably. So Wallace and Mr. Mark argued when he returned to uh, when he went to Mrs. Wallace's mm-hmm. apartment in Bristol at 10 p.m. Even though he wanted to end it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he still went there and stayed the night at her house. Mm-hmm. Phones work. If he wanted yeah. to end it, he could have just called her. And ended Absolutely. It. So, so hey man, that's how I'm guys, a little that's skeptical. How guys work. That's yeah. 
I'll break up with her in the morning. Oh, that's yeah. sick. No, that's sick. But uh, that's but sick. stick for even him like, hey, I'm just on the ride that you go. I'm just, hey, man, I'm going over here to see it's it and she I'm leaving. Opens the door up and something. You nice. got some nice lingerie on, some silk. Some she got some red pumps on. Weak. Hair Weak. done. Food is smelling mashed potatoes. Oh, food. You think it's in the back? Oh, don't let it be food too. She like come in. He go. All right. I guess. I guess. Like, Did you smother those pork chops? I smothered. Yeah. That's the gravy I like with the Cajun spices <laughs> yeah. in there. And then uh, he's you hook now. You hook. Don't let it be some nice smelling perfume and some kind of au jus, like a gravy or something yeah. combined. Yeah. But he's it's uh, he, he already fell for the bait. It's too late now. You know he's, I mean? he's, he's, he's on the hook. You're there. He's on the hook. So uh at three AM he's laying in bed wearing nothing but boxer shorts. Miss Wallace stood over him with a glass mug full of acid. Oh. Threw the liquid over him as he slept in bed at her house, or flat as they call it. And she laughed and told him, if I can't have you, no one else can. Mm. Oh, my God. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You just wake up on fire, like burning? Yeah, man. Skin is melting. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And you just had a belly full of, you know, roast beef and all this sex. Yeah, man. It was passionate wild sex, probably, because she's crazy enough to b- throw acid on people. Yep. So he had a 3 a.m., laid up, sleep. Itis. I mean. Burn. That's, oh. Yeah. It's, it, you got to pay attention to the red flags, man. No matter how. I know it's, I know it's easy to say it, but. Got to listen to him. And love. Mm-hmm. You in love, and then you just ignorant to what's going on around you. Blissfully. Blissfully. You. You you have to pay attention when shit is going on. When somebody's like lying to be like, "Oh, if I slip my wrist, I'm sick," or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm sick. Then it's like, "Oh, I need to passionate. I need to get out of here." Yeah, I need to she's get just passionate. She just loves me a lot. Like, no, man, that's that person has yeah. But at a, at a young age, you go, you think that's you think that's that's like some type of status symbol mm-hmm. at a young age. You just go like, she doing this crazy shit like that for me, dog. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Mm-hmm. She can't get enough you of your boy. That's cool. Yeah. No. Yep. Now, the next thing you know, you wake up, somebody dumped a jar of acid on you. Yep. A witness uh, saw Mark in the street in the early hours on the September 23rd, 2015. <sighs> and only his underwear. Scream. She thought, some, this lady thought that he was playing a prank by covering his face mm. in mud, right? So he thought, she oh. thought that he was running around just his underwear was covering his face in mud. He just wanted the burning to stop, bro. She said, I was... Woken by the sound of somebody shouting, help me, somebody help me, please. I looked out the window, and there was a guy standing there in his boxer shorts, and he looked looked, looked a really odd color from his head down to his shoulders. Mm. My doorbell rang a few times, and I knew there was something desperate going on, and it was him. He looked like that he was covered in a clay sort of mud, which I later realized that it was his skin melting. Mm. So another Wallace, another another Wallace's neighbor, Thomas Sweet, left his flat armed with a golf club as he feared violence, as he felt violence and wanted to be able to defend himself. Mm-hmm. So he heard all the commotion outside and was like, Fuck that. I don't know what's going on, yeah. but I'm not going out there empty handed. Exactly. He said, I heard what sounded like foxes fighting. I'm not I'm not too I'm not familiar with that was that sound of yeah, I don't two know. foxes. Fighting, but maybe it's high-pitched noises or something. I'm sure he was screaming something. Absolutely. That you've never heard before. He said, sounded like someone in a lot of pain shouting, help me. Mm. Eleanor Elcox was also awoken by the screaming. I mean, this dude lit up the whole block. Yeah. 
the whole block was awake. I can imagine. She said that he was shouting and screaming and saying, help me. I'm mm-hmm. going to die. So the neighbors phoned 999, which I didn't know that was the phone number. That's theirs over there. In UK. Triple nine. Yeah. Uh, walked Mr. Mark to a shower um, at a building around the corner, which that, that, uh, that was told to them by the paramedics before they got there. Like, this is, like a this is what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So they walked him to a flat. Um, Mr. Sweet said that he became distressed and was saying, she lives there, she lives there. So he thought that they were taking him back to where he came, where he was running from, mm. where he came from. Yeah. Um, he said that we reassured him that we was taking him to a different flat. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sweet said under the bathroom light, it was clear Mr. Mr. Mark had dreadful injuries. Uh. I told him the police were on their way. He said they need to be, they need to be here. She needs to pay. Paramedic Dean Carter said he arrived at the scene to find Mr. Mark with chemical burns to his face, abdomen, chest, and thighs. Mm. Burns covering 25% of his body and skin had to be surgically removed. Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure people have heard stories about this sulfuric acid attacks. I mean, these are brutal. And these change people physically, mentally, change them forever. I I saw a story, like it was either Dr. Phil or one of those types of shows. There was a woman, she was a model. Hold on to that. Okay. Um, well, I guess you could piece it because that's where I got the story from. Her name oh, is okay. Katie Piper. If that's who the person, I don't know. If okay, it was a, it was a it was a lady. I was watching something, and it was a lady. I saw her. Oh, I don't know what I was watching, but when I seen her, I go, she doesn't look. I didn't know this. I didn't know. Uh-huh. So I'm like, she doesn't look old, but she seems young. And I'm like, I, I couldn't figure out what, what was what was the what, what was making her you know seem like she was young but old. I'm like, yeah, and I looked her up and I go. And I got close to look. I'm like, oh, you can see that her skin is like, it's just it's damaged. different. It's damaged. Mm-hmm. And I go, and what happened? I did some research and I go, oh, shit. You know, she had one of those attacks that her boyfriend or husband hired somebody yeah. to throw acid on her. Mm-hmm. And it was like a brutal attack. It was just like a setup. It yeah. was just like a guy came up asking her what time it was or something like that mm-hmm. and caught off guard. I and think this is the one shit, so. Probably yeah, threw the shit in her face. And, mm-hmm. and man. Um, yeah, so he had. He had burns covering 20% of his body. Mm. Mr. Van kept repeating, I can't see. At one point, mm. he asked me if I still had eyelids, uh, oh. Mr. Carter said. Fuck. He said Mr. Mark was in agony. In a bad way. In agony with pain. And and it said that, you know, from his, like, eyes and, and like, mouth area, like, it looked gray because it's, like, dead his skin. skin was melt- it was melting. Yeah. So Thomas Green, who was a uh, police officer, first responder, um, arrived at the scene, described Mr. Mr. Mark's eyes had turned gray, oh. adding that his irises had essentially dissolved. Oh. And irises is um, what's okay. around the people, which, you know, the, it helps. It's the muscle that helps the people dilate yeah. and, you know, um, contract. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that, this is just a random off-topic thing, but I didn't know that two people can't have, no two people have the same exact um Color eyes. Did you know that? Like there's different shades of brown even? Probably, yeah. That's the most like prominent color of yeah. eyes. But like your that. brown is different than my brown. Yeah, didn't know I that. I didn't know that at all. Didn't know that. I'm not sure it is, but I, when I looked this up, I read it and I was like, hmm, didn't know that. It's interesting. Yeah. Also, Iris is a great Google doll song. So. I don't know that. Uh, who? Google. Google dolls? Google. And she's like, if she's under the uh, it's a they Phoebe Bridges. Oh, I'll say Phoebe Bridges type no, of not a Phoebe Bridges genre of music. Type. Not a Phoebe Bridges type of genre of music. Anywho, he was he was left blind in one eye, uh. paralyzed from the neck down, 
And from was, acid? For, yeah. yeah. Oh. And he was only able to move his tongue. And uh, he had to have his lower left leg amputated. What? I mean, he was down there butt naked. But what when did he threw it? acid, maybe, maybe we don't know. We don't know how much acid she th- we th- she threw on this guy. But nerves. it could it could drip. It's burning your skin. So I mean, like if it but paralysis. I mean, I guess it could eat through the bone. Like, I just that sounds. Cr- I didn't. I just. I just thought it was like a more of a cos- <coughs> cosmetic thing. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I also read that. He said paralyzed from the neck down. He was paralyzed from the. It could have been. It could have been the. It could have been, whatever it was, the neck down. But it probably could have just been his to like shoulder neck up. It could have been neck up. Probably neck up. Either yeah, way, probably neck up. Oh, his leg had to be amputated. But maybe it could have dripped down and like burned some shit in his leg. I don't know. But they said at one part of his body parts that like it was when they when they got. I think I, I, it's in my story, but at one point when he was in the hospital, when he was like. Kind of, I guess you could say, kind of recovering. Uh-huh. The acid was still eating at, oh, at like it couldn't some get it part. off of his skin. Yeah, it was just still eating at muscle and skin. Oh. Yeah, but probably, probably it was the probably was the neck up. Either way, Jeez. either way, it's crazy. He, his leg was amputated, and uh, he had paralysis in, in in some part of his body. So the police officer traveled traveled in the ambulance with Mister Mark, who was screaming in pain. And he was administered gas and air, uh, pointing at a tattoo on his stomach that said Berlina, which is Mrs. Wallace's name. Oh, they had that kind of, they were doing that? They had tattoos on each other? Gas man. So he said Berlina Wallace, you know who was the person that did this to him, she needs to go to prison for this. Green said Mr. Mark asked for officers to check on his girlfriend, his new girlfriend. Violet. He was scared that she was going to go and tack Throw acid on her. His new girlfriend. He made references to him being concerned that Berlina was going to go to her house and do the exact same thing that he that she did to him. To yeah. her. So when police arrived at Miss Wallace's flat to arrest her, they found the fashion student sitting on her sofa. Berlina? Yes. Yeah, so she was just sitting. She was just chilling. Dramatic. She didn't go running. The drama. Was so, she smoking one of those long cigarettes with... It's like the long stick and then the cigarettes at the end of that. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for you, gentlemen. That's that's fucking that's creepy as fuck. What took you so long? She's got a bunch of like lines ready. So the PC Matthew Griffin asked her what was the substance that, you know, she had thrown on him. What was it? She said it was acid and then indicated to a glass on the floor and said that she had been distressing some frap some fabric. That's what she told. The officers. Uh huh. I don't know if it was like I was doing something and I accidentally got uh, it on him, right? Mm-hmm. So Mister Mister Mark had been taken to a decontamination room in South Mead Hospital in Bristol, where, according to Doctor Rachel, he let out a blood curling scream on seeing his reflection. Imagine, man. You just, you are, you are life a different person. Yeah, your life's changed yeah. forever. He said, Mr. Mark yelled, uh, kill me. If my face is going uh, to be left looking like this, I don't want to live. It took 10 days for police to trace his family in Belgium. And so during this time, he was alone in intensive care. So his brother arrived and his dad finally arrived at the hospital and they didn't even know. So I, 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 I read another article where they interviewed the dad, right? And mm-hmm. it was like, his dad was telling the story. He was like, he came down there and he was like, all right, 
your son is in uh, intensive care or in whatever room, and it was like they didn't give me. They walked warning past. Them. They walked past the room because they was like, yeah, like ooh, I didn't know who that was. That guy's in bad shape. Anyway. I looked in and I was like, Where's Mark? Yeah, and he went and he was like, Where's my son? He's like, No, he's in room. He's like, I just went in there. Yeah, he's like, No, that's him. He's like, I didn't even. They didn't even recognize who their son was. <sighs> it was that bad. Yeah, so his dad and brother finally arrived at the hospital and they didn't recognize Mark. So Mr. Mark spent two months in intensive care before being moved to South Mead's burn unit. During that time, he suffered intense pain, reoccurring septic chest, septic chest infections, Jesus. night terrors, um, uh, PTSD. You know, he it was he was in bad shape, man. Yeah, and th- bad shape. And then he's getting out, he's getting infections from his wounds and stuff. Yeah. It's just like Man, what a fucking, there's no way she, th- I think that she only thought, like, I'm going to make him unattractive. Like, you couldn't have known. Wasn't it? Because she's, it you were going to do that, that, that much damage. No. Yeah, I mean, wow. He's got night terrors, repeating that fucking same night over and over again. It's like. This was like a spontaneous, like, yeah. I'm going to make him ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's always what it is. Yeah. Wow, his leg amputated and all this. So his brother said that um, the continuous itching of his scars drove him out was was the probably the most painful thing that he had to he deal can't with. Scratch him because he can't scratch him. Reopen them. Yeah. When one of his arm, all the muscle was gone, his bone was slowly being eaten away by the acid. Man, he's gonna lose an arm too. It's still eating. It's still corroding him. Yeah, that's what I said. He was, showered still, and yeah. everything. Us so crazy. Yeah. So he said that my dad sat by his by his bed 22 hours a day, scratching him and moving his arm to try to take away the pain. Each week, each weekend, his dad would make the 800 mile drive from Belgium to be with his son, his son bedside, sleeping in his van and in the hospital car park, um, and sometimes in freezing temperatures. Eventually, his marriage to um, their stepmom just, you know, fell apart. It fell apart. It fell apart. Um, his dad went bankrupt, and his uh, his brother Mark's brother tried to create a. Uh, I don't. Remember, I can't remember the year of this, but try to do like a go go fund me, me type of thing type of thing to help his dad. Yeah, like to get back on his feet a little bit. You right. Know what I'm saying? So like he getting divorced, he losing his house or whatever, going bankrupt is like trying to take care of his son. Yeah, who's in bad shape. Very bad. Right. So, um, he his brother said that you know, not only did she, like we like you just said that, not only did she just like try to make this man look physically different so he couldn't get other women, you know what I mean? But she ruined his family's family's life. life. Yeah. His family's lives. Like she did way more damage than I thought. Than I think she could. She could for predict. sure. This is one of those things where I. This is way beyond a prank. But it'd be like we're gonna set the bathroom trash can on fire, yeah, and then the and whole then you, shit blow up, and a kid and stuck kids, in there. Yeah. This is yep. that. Yep. I think she, what she wanted to do was bad. Yeah, but I think she just wanted to like leave him scarred. Yep. And now she's done, like irreparable damage to his whole family. Yeah. And I don't think that was a part of her plan. Yep. So uh, Mark's brother Bart once. He said, once my dad, at one time, my dad was a very big man. I mean, like, he was just tough and, you know, it was his dad. Yeah. But he was like, now he's just, he's completely, he can, he's completely broken. Mm. 
So it was a friend of a family who eventually helped pay for Mark to be transferred to a hospital from where he was at to Belgium, which was yeah. close to where his dad was staying. That's good. So his father could be with him each day. And then I'd be so fuck, a fucking 800 miles? 800 mile trip. Yep. So once in Belgium, you know, he he was in pain, man. So it was like he was going through a whole, a whole bunch of shit. Right. Imagine your arm not having all the muscles gone up. Yeah. It's just a bone. It's, yeah. I, and, it's, just, and it's still eating it's still, away. Like, just, you know, reading these, hearing these stories and like, that shit is so... Sulfuric acid is so fucking powerful. Yeah. And that's crazy. It can just like just eat through flesh. And, and it's with like, ease. And it's like and bone. On you and then like, it's on you. Yeah. Like it just. Yeah. It turns you know to how colors, much you stuff. wash your hands and yep. you shower. Like it's still it like infuses itself to your tissue yep. and just keeps eating away at you. Yep. It's like I mean, you're talking about this is at least like weeks, months have gone by and he's still being eaten away at. It's like this happened. It's like it's like two years. This happened in like 2015. And it was still... And this is... I'm about to end up at 2017. And stuff was still happening to him. Yep. So, in January of 20... Um, so, once in Belgium, Mark applied for the euthanasia. Mm. Um, and after a month, three doctors, you know, they got to go through... I guess it's like there's some type of process. So, it's of, legal over there? I would assume. Well, I guess, and maybe it depends because he had to go through a process to... To see if he applied, because he had to, you had to apply for it. Even the idea that there's an application says that's that up. it's a. It, you, there's no application to do that here. Oh, you just can't do it. Then I guess it is legal. At right least here. I don't think so. I think assisted suicide is still is illegal in some. Maybe it's maybe it's legal in some states, but it's not. I don't think it's legal everywhere. That was the whole thing. That was the whole Doctor Kavorkian joke. Mm. That's what Doctor Doctor Kavorkian was just a guy that was like, if you don't want to be alive anymore, you shouldn't have to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll yeah, kill. I'll yeah, kill yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you know, peacefully. I'll peacefully kill you. But he like had to go to the Supreme Court. He might have did some prison time. Like, it wasn't. That's not chill. Yeah. So he had to file for this. Um, and after a month, three doctors ruled that his unbearable physical and psychological suffering meant he was he was he was eligible for this. Yeah. So on June, January second of twenty seventeen, a uh, a catheter was in, was inserted into his heart to allow the drugs. Um, that will, you know, eventually stop him from suffering mm. and um, to be administered. And um, he, Mark, died at 29 years old. Wow. 29 years old. She should never see the light of day. Yep. So she was charged with murder after Mark died by euthanasia, choosing to end his life in a clinic in Belgium due to the extent of his injuries 15 months after the attack. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel about that? How I feel about what? Her being charged with murder. Oh, yeah. I think she deserves it. Absolutely. But she didn't murder him. He was the cause. She played a big part in that. Well, do you remember that the story about that girl who texted her boyfriend, like, that he should kill himself? He wanted to kill himself? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. How, where do you stand on that? Now, this girl, she obviously, no, she I, heard I, him. I'm, she heard him. So that's different in yeah, that yeah. regard. But, like, if he, he, commit, he committed... He basically he committed suicide, right? But like in a in a way that's he didn't do it. But she didn't kill him. You know what I mean? Like they were trying to charge that girl with the text message. They tried to charge her with murder. Yeah, but there's been times where now I'm now the the story I brought up a while ago in here, maybe like a couple hours ago, where I had a friend that was burned in a fight. Yeah, he, he ended up passing because because 
even he if it doesn't from his injuries die from his injuries. Yeah, that was caused from somebody thro- lighting him on fire. But he didn't die from his injuries. But how do you? But he was traumatized by his injury. He was in pain from his injuries, but he chose to end but, his life. Okay, but but okay. So what if he had died four, five years later? Oh well, yeah. Then yes, right. Yes. Okay, so I'm like, so how? Just because he couldn't bear the pain anymore. So it's like, if he would have just buried and died five years later or whatever, how long after the attack it was, and then so you do you still charge her for murder after that? But we don't know if he would have died. You know, what I mean? we don't know if he ever would have died. He might have just suffered for the rest of his life. We don't know that he would have died. You know. That's my only point is that he, and he was blind. I mean, like this. She fucked him up. She, no, I don't man. think she should see the light of day for a lot of reasons. She did really she, bad damage to life. him. But like to be charged with murder. Is I like, think she you know. should be charged with murder and charged with life. And she'd be in there. For, she should be put under the jail. I don't disagree with that. I just don't. She didn't murder him. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just that I, I stuck out. That, that stuck out. That stuck out to me for some reason. So a jury acquitted her for murder and convicted her of applying Applying a corrosive fluid with intent. She was jailed for life with a minimum of 12 years in Bristol Crown Court, minus the 972 days already served. Mm-hmm. Justice uh, Davies says she had chosen not to help Mr. Mark as he laid injured and had told lie upon lie to put the blame for the attack on him. Mm. So Mark died January 3rd, 2017, after the application um, was approved by three consultants who decided that he met the criteria of an unbearable physical and psychological suffering. The judge told that told the uh, Miss Wallace, your intention was to burn, disfigure, and disable Mark so that he would not be attractive to any other woman. Yep. I think so, just justice was served. Yeah, man. And I got the story, like I said, I got this story from when I uh, learned about the story of Katie Piper I think it's her name. I think now she's like a um, activist. I think yeah. she's on TV. Talking about acid she attack. A, she's, she's a model. Yes. Uh, she still is a model. But um, yeah, man, I've read her story. And I was like, oh, let me look up some other stories where it ended in somebody dying. Yeah. And this dude ended it all because it was like, I can't. This is just like. What are your, what are your thoughts on euthanasia? What do you mean? What am I, what am I like, thoughts do you, do you Do you think that like if you don't want to. Like if you want to check out, but you don't want to do it, you you want to do it in a peaceful way. You want to. Do you think you should? It's. Do you think it should be? Is that what they a medical procedure? Is that what they use in the death penalty? Basically, they probably use similar drugs. Yeah, they stop your heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So So do you think I do? I think is. Let's say you have you know terminal cancer. You you have a brain and your or brain. And you want to go out on your terms? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Agreed. I just thought. I just. I don't know. Oh yeah. I, I thought it might be. I thought it be, might be more controversial. Nah, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, yeah, I think if if it has to go through some steps and processes. Yeah. To be like okay. For it to be a medical. This procedure. is this is acceptable yeah. for this case case by case basis. Then I think yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But you can't just be like somebody just going in and be like, eh, man, life is tough. I just need to. I need yeah, to go. Sh- Bills. Just giving you needs to everybody. No. Yeah. Then I don't think that's. That should be something that should be administered like and not meet a criteria. Like, yeah, exactly. you're suffering, yeah. and we and get it, sh- it. Like, it should be a process, and it should be in front of a judge, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and then they make if the call. you want to die, where we're giving you like quality drugs. Yeah, you want to be in a bed, and we kill you. Yeah, yeah, we got to go through some loops. Yeah, because you know you could just do it at your house. And, you know, I don't like, think it should be like in a kit. 
sent home. Yes, yeah, male like, home. Yeah, yeah, male home euthanasia like, kid. Like a COVID kid. It was like Yeah, that. and it's like you can have your wife do it for you at yeah, home. No. No. You I should. don't think it should be. I don't yeah. think it should be like that. But again, this story was tragic and this dude wanted to end it all because he was like, I, I can't take this anymore. He can't he can't yeah. see. I get it. Blind. And he's being still being eaten away at years later. Yeah. It's like getting progressively worse. Yeah, man. And this, she looks nuts. She looks she looks crazy. Um, I can I can show you a picture of her them. sitting on the couch. The imagery of that after the, when the police come in the middle of the night to come arrest her, and she's already just sitting on the couch with the with the jar next to her. Like it was this jar. Let me see if I can find. Oh, I want to I want to show you a picture of them together, but I'll show you a picture of her. This is her. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, man. She's got cold eyes. Cold man. And her name was what again? Berlina Ber- Wallace. Berlina Wallace. Yep. And this is. That's smart right there. Six five. Yeah, man. She kind of looks like uh, Macy Gray. Yep, that's the first thing I, I saw. Yeah, got a resemblance to Macy Gray. Wow. Uh, is them together? Wow. Yeah, man. Very cool looking couple, but shit went sideways, man. Jealousy, man. Jealousy. She just. I think she was just crazy. Got to know and when to get out. Found out he had girlfriend. It was like, that was it. That that was. That pushed her over the edge. She did her re- did some research. Some research I don't think you should be doing. No. Should be neat. It need to be someone in there with like people Googling shit like that. Yeah, we put you like, on the list. Put them on the list. Go check up on them or something. Yeah. Cause like that's how to make acid crazy. more strong. Cause I feel like she added some shit to it. This shit she gave him was nuts. Yeah, and I'll tell you like this. If that's if she didn't, if that's just sulfuric acid, you better not be able to buy that shit on Amazon. That's what I said. You, I tell you like this: you can't. If you could, you can't now. So there was a. I, I read an article. Uh, one of the articles I read where the guy, one, where the witness was talking about, you know, they heard the noise um, of him outside yelling. There was a picture of uh, I can't remember the guy's name. So this, these are these are some of the photos, and you can just oh. we, we could pull some of these. Not this, is not of the. Oh. Of the, but this is the. The bottle that it was the in. bottle. And what it came in when she bought it. Let's see here. Goodness. There were there were pictures. I'm not I don't I don't think I had these pictures. There was pictures like where uh of the the bed, the mattress, it was like it was black. Oh. The pictures were black. Yeah, it was insane. And one of the witnesses, the ones that ran out, said that this is the there's a doorbell. He rang the doorbell. He rang the doorbell, but this is the acid that burned the Whatever he had, like, I guess on it was his on his fingers. hands or it was dripped or whatever, it burned around. It's like metal. Whatever the metal is or whatever wow. this shit is, it burned that. It corroded the metal yeah. around the doorbell, like the, the doorbell bezel. Yep. Wow. So it was just, his skin didn't stand a chance. But yeah, man, it was a tragic story yeah, and a rough way to go, man. All right. Well, um. We're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. Yeah. 
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Nathan Burkett. Okay. This is a big shout-out to Captain Jess, our researchers. Uh, they came through in the clutch with this stuff. Um, big shout-out to Captain Jess, as always. Always coming through in the clutch. Uh, shout-out to you. Uh, so, Fran, Nathaniel Burkett was born in Picayune, Mississippi. I don't in, know where that is. In 1946. Yeah, I don't either, and I guess I probably will never find out. Now, Fran, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, Picayune literally means worthless. That's what the word means. <laughs> so uh, so that's not really much of like, you know. Is um, it P-I-C-A? P-I-C-A-Y-U-N-E. Okay. Yeah, Picayune, Mississippi. So that's not really much of a morale booster for living in worthless Mississippi. You know, I'm sure the hometown spirit was probably pretty low in Picayune. Um, but Nathaniel, who also went by Nathan, also had polio as a child which left him with a lifelong limp mm. so things are not what was this huh what year was this 19 1950s i mean he was born in oh, 1946 okay. right. so like 1950s when he was a kid nathaniel made his way to las vegas in the 1960s he started working at aladdin hotel and casino in las vegas in the 1970s and had a girlfriend who also worked at the hotels his arrest record started in 1975 multiple times he was charged with Battery, kidnapping, rape, sexual assault, robbery, and domestic violence. Mm. So you know he he was he, he was a, a an, an aggressive and violent criminal from the start. On April twenty second, nineteen seventy eight, twenty two year old Barbara Ann Cox was found strangled to death at two eleven West Wilson Avenue. She was nude and laying in the parking lot of an apartment complex. Besides the evidence of strangulation of strangulation. She had abrasions on her back and a cut by her eye. Mm -hmm. There was also evidence of a sexual assault. DNA evidence was taken and preserved in hopes that it would help with the aid of technology advances in the future. So they still weren't using DNA, but they knew like we have DNA or we have some kind of a, some evidence. So let's freeze it or whatever. And maybe when technology catches up, this will come in handy, which is very, that's good. That's good. Like uh, foresight. Uh, DNA would not become prevalent for another decade. So they had, it was sitting around, but they weren't even using DNA for another decade. Mm -hmm. But just keep that in mind that they are collecting evidence, even if they can't, they don't have the technology to really put it to work. The person who first reported Barbara Ann's body turned out to be Bar Burkett's girlfriend. It was around 4.20 a.m. when she and Burkett had finished their shift at the hotel. The unnamed girlfriend gave Burkett a ride home, and she saw the body when she, dropped, when she was dropping him off. She drove off and stopped to report the crime to a patrol car that she had saw while she was driving on the road. Mm. The officers went to investigate, but when they arrived, they found nothing. The girlfriend contacted police again and said that she had given them the wrong address by mistake. This time, she took the officers directly to the body. An hour later, a drunken Burkett was seen by police drinking a glass of whiskey with the bottle in the other hand at 215 Wilson Avenue. The same street where Barbara Ann Cox's body was found, but like mm. a couple of doors up the road a bit, yeah. but on the same block. 
And he's drunk and he's got a bottle of whiskey in one hand and the glass with whiskey in it on the other hand. Damn. Just stumbling and being, yeah. a, you know, belligerent. I don't understand how people can drink any liquor out of the bottle. Not it not being mixed with something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's drinking it straight. Just straight. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, just yeah. take this whole whiskey. Whiskey. And it just, doesn't taste good. Well, the reason they do it is because it gets you drunk. Yeah. Well, you know, you know anybody. Like, Muslims, mix, people, they, mix, those mixers, are alcoholics, though, right? Yeah, big time. You just drink a whole. Yeah, you're not drink. You don't care what it tastes like. Yeah. It gets you drunk. Mixers are bag, mixers. Like mixers are for cowards, as far as alcoholics are concerned. Okay. Anything that's taking diluting the alcohol is defeating the purpose of me drinking. Is the logic of a, a lot of alcoholics? Yeah. Well, what about drinking a, like a cup of tequila? A cup of tequila? Yeah. Now, don't people do that? Like, and not yeah, be shots? Al- it just be alcoholics, like alcoholics. Sure. This, go, this goes down smooth, and it's like, how do you drink? Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess there's smoother tequilas, but no, you have a you have a alcohol problem. If you're drinking a glass but people, but of alcohol, celebrities are making tequila though. Like, yeah, but you're supposed to like make margaritas or yeah, have but, like a have you know a rocks glass, like a small, not like a like you have a solo cup in yeah, front yeah. of you right now. If you fill that up with tequila, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> But if you do like a tequila with a little bit of club soda and a lime in a rocks glass, like a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I get that. Yeah, that's like a you know a little six ounce drink. That's a that's a that's a nice drink. But if you just do like oh I'm doing lukewarm whiskey in a red solo cup, yeah, you're an alcoholic. There's nothing like ooh I like to really the flavors of this. I li-. no, you're just doing that to get drunk. That's crazy. Like an old fashioned. I like an old fashioned. Old fashioned is basically just whiskey, whiskey, a big rock, a big. Uh, a uh, big cube of ice, mm-hmm. um, some bitters, a little bit of cherry juice, and like a smoked orange peel. And that's it. Yeah. Now, it's mostly whiskey, but it's not a cup of whiskey. It's a cocktail. Yeah. There's something gentlemanly about it. There's something, you know, you want to be in a nice suit. There's nothing about a cup of alcohol that says a nice suit. If you have a cup of filled to the brim with whis- liquor... You're an alcoholic. Yeah. Drinking like it's Pepsi and shit? No. Yeah, hell no. You put some <laughs> lemon peels in that. Express a, express a lemon rind. You got to do something. I'm not here to party. I'm here to get drunk. I'm here to get fucked up. I'm, I'm drinking by myself. Out. I'm yeah, just walking down the street. There's no party. I don't even know why I have this cup. Yeah, I should I have the bottle. The bottle. The bottle's yeah. right here. This is a party of one. This is a party of one. <laughs> so Burkett was not able to be interrogated due to his drunken state. And although he was asked if he had seen Barbara... He said that he had seen her in the apartment across the street. But, you know, because of his drunken state, officers took him back to his apartment and let him sleep off his, uh, sleep the booze off. Burkett was not charged or convicted due to insufficient evidence linking him to the crime. He wasn't mentioned as a suspect in the original reports either. What? There were no leads, and the case of Barbara Ann Cox went cold. Wow. At some point, Nathaniel moved back to Mississippi. He ended up being arrested on a murder charge but bonded out. On April 13th, 1982, Burkett covered his mother in gasoline and set her ablaze. His mom? His mother, his mom. The murder charge... Was char- she asleep? I don't know. I think they were in a fight. I think she Maybe was just awake. just doused her with gasoline just throw that match. Yeah. You can, it's like, you can throw that match in and, and like, it don't have to be directly on a person. No. In the vicinity. And yeah, it's gonna catch. Blows fucking... It's inflammable Jesus. like a motherfucker, man. It's crazy. The murder charge he was out on bond for was dropped because it was decided there was more evidence and a chance of conviction on his mother's murder charge. Like, they had him dead to rights on, on the charge of him killing his mother, but the one that he was out on bond for, they he might have skated So she just on. burned a lot. Yeah, she burned a lot. She Jesus died. Christ. 
And they were like, yeah, you did this. So we're going to drop this charge that you're out on. And we're going to charge you with this because we know we can we know you're, we're going to get a conviction out of this one. So his mother's murder would be tried as a capital murder charge with the possibility of a death sentence. Burkett was convicted of, of the manslaughter of his mother, Ruby Burkett, and was in prison in Mississippi from 1983 until 1992. That's it? That's it. He was sentenced to 20 years, but for some reason was released after less than 10. And I don't know why. I was there, There's no reason to why. He was black. Mm-hmm. While in prison, his IQ was tested and recorded at a 55, which categorized him as having a mild intellectual disability. Jeez, man. No, he's the opposite of that. I'm being sarcastic for you. Yeah, I, well, yeah. <laughs> You're just so good at sarcasm that I couldn't, I couldn't read it. You're like a regular Nathan Fielder over there. Uh, on, My on, man. <laughs> on February 20th, 1994, 17-year-old Tina Mitchell was found behind an apartment building. An apartment resident found her body covered in towels as he was on his way to hang up wet clothes on a clothesline. There were marks on her neck, which indicated a possible strangulation. Mm. DNA evidence from a sexual assault that, w- that had taken place on her body uh, was taken and preserved, again, like in the case of Barbara and Cox. Okay. Tina was known around the neighborhood as a sex worker. She was just 17 years old, like I said, so you can imagine the dire co- circumstances that would lead a young woman down a path like that at such an early age. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. Well, I'm, I mean, she might, not have, she might not have had a choice, you know what I mean? Like 17 years old. She clearly felt like she needed to survive in some kind of way, and this was her only means to I'm make saying, I'm saying don't do it going like, we talked about this before, going like. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, make your judgments. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely yeah. I, think we, I, think we've, I think we've talked about that enough that people. Yeah. And also, that's just like one of those. There's been several like shifts and tides that have come over in true crime. And that's been a big one over the last few years. Yeah, like, should be. T- like the stop, like people not saying prostitute as much, yep. people saying sex work, and also understanding sex work. And also understanding, like, this girl's 17, so she's not even 18. So really, it's really more of, like, a human trafficking or a, it, she isn't a sex worker, really, because she's not even of age. Like, it's just yeah. kind of sexual assault in some cases, yeah. depending on the, the state's laws. Like, if she's under 16 or whatever, she's not of age to consent. I think 17, she might be old enough to consent. But, like, some the term uh, child prostitute was a thing that was popular like when you'd be like oh I'm, gross. I'm 15 and I'm, a, I'm I work on the streets and it's like no that's not a child prostitute there's no such thing as a child yeah, prostitute yeah, yeah. like this is a person that's being uh, uh, raped and, and assaulted and abused by somebody you know they're, like they don't have the ability to consent to be a sex worker right you know so these are all some part of the shifts and the ties that are coming good, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure so like I said uh, you know they, they took the DNA and that case went cold you know because they, they there was a lack of evidence. You know? What? What do you mean? Is is they took it and then they go? Well, the the technology wasn't there yet, so they just, so they just have it. It's just sitting. They have it stored, but they don't. They're just like we we might be able to do something with this someday. We've been hearing rumblings of people being able to find out. Think about that conversation before you even know the name of it. You're like, yeah. well, I've been hearing about some guys up in California. Like they can take your body fluid and tell it's you. From your spit and they your like body fluid, like, like a beta, yeah, going on, test trial, and all those old school detectives who still like, you know, use a magnifying glass. Are yeah. like, sounds like a bunch of voodoo. Yeah, I yeah. don't believe in that. You know, and now thirty years, forty years later, there's no. That's the number one way to catch people. Absolutely, as as opposed to intuition. You're just like, I just got a feeling about this guy. Yeah, I, I could ima- imagine. Yeah, imagine how how dumb detectives were a hundred years. Like Sherlock Holmes, man. Like, I don't care Wait, how no smart book, he was. No man. pad out. Yeah, going around licking things. 
There was a lot of licking things by detectives yeah, like a hundred years Taste ago. Taste the blood. Yeah, he's like warm. Mm. Oh, he's like, mm. it's blood. Yeah. Oh, this is this is uh, cherry juice. You like just trying to figure it out, tasting things, looking about at things, making guesses. No, I'd prefer DNA over a hunch. So investigators didn't suspect Burkett. There was an arrest warrant issued for Lewis Donald Moore, but the case was dismissed. The case went cold. This is in this. I'm talking about Mitch, um, Tina Mitchell here. Mm-hmm. The case went cold. Six months later, 32-year-old Althea Williams Greer's body was discovered on August 19, 1994. Because Althea's cause of death was similar to Barbara Ann Cox's and Tina Mitchell's, and because Nathaniel Burkett was a person of interest at a point during Barbara's investigation, he was now suspected of possibly committing all three murders because they all had the same cause of death. Mm. But with a lack of evidence, the theory was shelved, and Althea Greer's case went cold as well. So that's three murders in the Las Vegas area that all went cold, but they had a theory that it, that it was possibly Nathaniel Burkett, but they didn't have that. They didn't have sufficient evidence. Mm. In August of 1999, 33-year-old Bridget Mitchell Thomas was seen leaving Regita Apartments with black and Hispanic males in a blue mini truck. That would be the last time she was seen again. According to sources, she had connections to Burkett, but it's unclear what they were. That's all I have on that, but that's just like another something that he possibly was connected to in some kind of way. She, left, she was she never left found a group, again. Of, a group of guys. She left, she left with a group of guys who were black and Hispanic, and I guess mm. maybe somebody either fit a description a little bit, or they just went, she knew that she knew Nathaniel Burkett, yeah. and now she's missing. Mm. So he might have something. That, that's just, 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 just throwing just it possibility, in there. Yeah, yeah. Just, just throwing it in there. On September 5th, 2002, the body of Valletta Bowsley was found in an alley behind a church around 8 in the morning. She was 41 years old and worked as a housekeeper in a hotel. Her death was a suspected homicide. However, upon autopsy, it was decided that the manner of death was more likely to be a drug overdose pending a toxicology report. The alley she was found in was a known spot for using and selling. However, a year later, in October 2003, Burkett was arrested for the murder and kidnapping of Valletta. Mm. Valletta was found strangled. And according to an inmate who knew Burkett, he alleged that in 2003, he saw Burkett and Valletta go behind the church. And then 10 minutes later, Burkett left alone. This was the tip that connected Burkett to the case. Damn. Got his ass. Oh, yeah. Burkett was arrested and charged with the murder of Valletta. Good. He agreed to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to six years in prison. That's bullshit. Six years. When he was arrested, he was required to give a DNA sample since his conviction was a qualifying offense. And I don't know if I've ever DNA seen... DNA sample for what? I'm about to tell you. Oh. So a qualifying... They, he, was, he was required to give a DNA sample because what he did to Valletta fell under the guise of a qualifying offense. Now, I don't know if I've ever heard of that term before. If I've said it before, I didn't look up the definition. Basically, it's pretty simple, but it's long, you know, it's long legal jargon. So qualifying offense means any offense substantially similar in elements and penalties to an offense in the state that it occurs uh, in which a violation of a law in any other jurisdiction, whether that's another state, uh, the District of, the District of Columbia, the United States, or any possession or territory thereof or any foreign jurisdiction that was punishable under the law of such jurisdiction of such jurisdiction of the time that of its commission by the defendant by death or imprisonment exceeding one year. 
So basically what that all that is saying is <laughs> because his crime was sexual in nature, they reserved the right to take his DNA and compare it to any case that's similar to the one he pled guilty for. Okay. So like if you were a bank robber, then they reserved the rights to a, a, a qualifying offense means we 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 reserve the right to implicate you in any case that is similar to this anywhere if if we believe that we can tie you to it. Okay. So in this case, it gave them permission to take his DNA because it was a qualifying offense in the in the state of Mississippi. They go, there are So they didn't get more charges on him. Possibly. We reserve the right to hold you responsible for other crimes, even if you're even if we're wrong, because this case has certain elements, we get to compare them to other cases that have those same elements. Yeah. Now, maybe the bank robbery thing was a bad example. I feel like a lot of them are DNA-based cases. Because basically, if it's a qualifying offense, it gives you a new set of laws that you get to do. You get to do a lie detector test or do a DNA test or get blood or whatever. It allows you to go a little further that you require your um, the, the offender to do certain things. That's what a qualifying offense is. Okay. Any lawyers out there, if you want to expound or if I did a poor job or if I was completely wrong, please feel free to go on the Facebook page or whatever. Sounds clear to me. Huh? Sounds clear to me. Sounds clear to me too. So, you know, let's just move on. Uh, Burkett was released from prison in July of 2009 after serving 72 months of his, of his 115-month sentence. So he got six years and he didn't even serve all, all six of the years. It's crazy. Yes. Uh, at some point after his release, he moved back to Picayune. Uh-oh. That's right. The prodigal son returned to worthless Mississippi. You know, just the proud, like, oh, yeah, man, I beat a couple murders, yeah. only had to serve. Yeah, man, I'm a, the prime scum of Picayune. So at some point between 2008 and 2010, the Las Vegas police received a half a million dollar grant from the National Institute of Justice's Solving Cold Cases with DNA program. This grant allowed them to test DNA samples in the hopes of matching them to the perpetrators and beginning to bring them justice. Still, okay. I'll bring them to justice. In, the, in May of 2010... Barbara Cox's sister called the cold case team and asked about her sister's case, prompting the DNA evidence found inside her to be tested and run through the DNA database. In November of 2011, it was reported that there was a a match and that the DNA found on Barbara had been linked to Burkett using Mm. the sample that he was required to give when he was convicted of the letters murder. So even though he only got, he only had to serve six years for that murder, the charges that he faced in that, Required him to give the DNA, yeah. which in turn solved Barbara Cox's murder. Yeah. And that, that grant was in good use. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Burkett had moved back to Mississippi. So the Metro Police joined forces with the FBI and the MBI, which is the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations, to locate Burkett. An MBI officer saw a man who looked like Burkett and who had a limp on June 6, 2012. On July 18, 2012, Burkett was located at his sister's home in Carrier, Mississippi, where he was arrested. He had been, he had been living in her, her garage in July in Mississippi. Hot as shit. Oh. It's probably hot everywhere in Muggy in Mississippi, though. Not in the house. Yeah, definitely in the garage. Shouldn't be living in a garage in Mississippi. Got a fucking box fan in that motherfucker. It's blowing hot air. Hot air. Yeah. It's all dust. You're all delirious going up to the fan going, <laughs> making noises in the fan and stuff. Grown ass man. I can see him doing some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an alien. Just doing dumb shit in the fan. Man, the good old days. Yeah. 
You ever took a crayon and put it in the middle part of the fan and just let it spin around and the whole fan changes colors? No. The little center part of the thing? No. No. Put your hand in there and catch it? Oh, man. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Like I was doing Test your fear. Yeah. I feel like I used to do that. You watch like a superhero movie, come home, you're like, I'm invincible. Boom. I tried (laughs) to jump off my bunk bed with a parrot with an umbrella once. Oh, I'll do shit like that. Jump Jump down the steps. Dudes are dumb. Yeah, man. You ever seen that? Oh, I'm getting off on. No, but you ever seen you ever seen that video? I'm gonna put it on. I think I'm gonna post it on the Facebook page. It was a, a dad was filming his son, and his son had put on a cape, and he jumped down all the steps. No, he jumped down all the steps. Poof, poof, and he didn't know that he, the dad was just filming him because he didn't know that's yeah. what he was gonna do. So the kid hit. He fall. He jumps down like thirty steps. He goes, ugh. Like we hit the thing. He goes. Yeah. Yeah, you might not ever want to do nothing like that ever again. Oh, he learned. Yeah, he was like he, the he way he said, the way he said it. He was so like ashamed of him. Like, yeah, I didn't know that's what you were about to do. You probably shouldn't ever do anything yeah. like that ever again in he your learned. life. He won't do it again. <laughs> he won't do it again. You could tell the kid was embarrassed. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even. And you asked him like, like why? What'd you think was gonna happen? I don't know. Thought he's gonna float. Yeah, you like <laughs> you don't even want to say what you thought. Like I thought, yeah, I thought I would fly, glide like Batman. So you just go. Oh, it, it's you were less embarrassed to go. I don't know what yeah. I thought was going to happen. Then go, I thought I was going to glide through the air like Batman. But boys, man, good luck to you. Friend. It's already started. He's <laughs> crazy. He's wow. So, so like I said, they they found out that he was living in his garage. Officers had a warrant to collect a new DNA. So they, you know, they arrested him. They had a warrant to collect new DNA, a new DNA sample from him, which made Burkett angry because now he's like, I don't know what this DNA shit is, but y'all trying to, it's working against me. That's your fault. Yeah, probably was like, yeah, I'll give it whatever y'all want. DNA, PNA, GNA, Good Morning America, GMA. I don't know. Uh, he was questioned about knowing the women and denied knowing them. He said he lived near where Barbara's body was found in the 70s, but did not know her. And he said that he had never solicited Tina or Althea. A detective asked how many women he killed. Burkett laughed. And in a show of arrogance, he was asked that if he would say the number once things moved through the courts. And he said yes. So they're like, okay, well, you don't know anything, right? Okay, well, once we start the process and we start proving your guilt, will you tell us how many women you've killed? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. So, all right. So basically, saying, yeah, I did something. He's like, I, I, <laughs> man, yeah, 55, hey. 55 IQ, fifty-five IQ. Keep that in mind. So Burkett was extradited to Nevada, where he was held without bail. On July second, Burkett's DNA was also linked to the DNA sample found in Tina Mitchell. Mm. The new DNA was tested and once again matched the DNA found on Barbara and Tina. So they have fresh DNA. That new DNA matched Barbara again and Tina Mitchell. So they never had DNA from Althea, so I don't think she was sexually assaulted. Or if she was, they weren't. Able, they didn't collect a DNA sample. Yeah. But her murder was linked to the other two, as in Tina and uh, um, and Barbara, due to the how close her the proximity, how close her body was found to Tina's. And also the cause of death, which was also strangulation. Mm. So because it was close to where Tina was found and Tina was strangled and Althea was strangled and they were both sex workers, it's like it's possible that he did b- both of these. Even though they didn't have DNA evidence to tie it to him, mm-hmm. they still lumped. They, they were like, you're going to you're going to we're going to charge you for her murder, too. So police were looking deeper into Burkett's history in Nevada as it was possible that he was responsible for more murders than the, the ones that he was already linked to. Burkett pleaded not guilty to Barbara, Tina, and Althea's murders and rapes in December of, of 2012. In a shocking twist, Fran, 
He also did not stink, stick to his pinky promise to fess up once things started to unfold during oh, his court man. trial. So, the, you know, the trial's unfolding, the DNA matches, and he's like, mm, he went silent. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. What a shocker. A guy from worthless Mississippi is uh, not trustworthy? Wow, I can't believe it. I'm, st- I'm too stunned to speak. So if convicted of the three murders, Nathaniel would have faced the death penalty. The case slowly made its way through the system for six years before in late October of 2018, Burkett appeared in court in a wheelchair. Almost like Joseph Joseph D'Angelo. He's not even that old. He's 72 at this point, which is not that old at all to be like, I'm in a wheelchair. I don't even know what's happening. So he had been walking just fine or fine enough, I guess. But he accepted assistance from a young black woman who worked at the court. The woman made polite conversation and asked why he was in the court that day. And he told her, I kill women. Just super that's casually. Crazy. That's that's why I'm here. Because I guess she didn't know why. She didn't know anything yeah. about it. She's like, what are you so What are you here for? He's an old man in a wheelchair. Oh, I kill women. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and put that lock on that wheelchair. You have, <laughs> you have a nice day. Thank you, sir. Burkett entered a guilty plea on two counts of second-degree murder. He agreed that there was enough evidence to find him guilty. The judge asked Burkett if he had been promised anything or threatened in exchange for the plea, that he, and he said that he hadn't. Prosecutors were no longer seeking the death penalty as Burkett had been diagnosed with dementia. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And I mean, dementia aside, Fran, he was only 72 years old. So it was not outside the realm of possibility to think that this guy could have served out his sentence yeah. and gotten out of prison in, by like 2028. Right. However, Burkett died at the Northern Nevada Correctional Facility on January 20th, 2021 at the age of 74. He allegedly died from complications due to COVID-19. Shit. Um, so that was the story of Nathaniel Burkett. Rest in peace to the victims involved. And I get the feeling that just this guy was very erratic and dangerous. And there probably are more victims out there. But they have a sample of his DNA. And I hope that they run it every now and then. They should. Uh, you know, against That's cases. what they should do for like all all DNA and cases shit like that. Just yeah, just run it. Every like couple years, vicinity, you find yeah. out he was in a state. Oh, he also lived in Louisiana for a bit. Running against some cold cases that have strangulation and yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the story of Nathaniel Burkett, and um, man, it's rough, man. You know. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into these good vibes and get up out of here. That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes. Fran, at the top of the show, I kind of went in on, you know, overbearing parents and sports and the negativity surrounding that. So I thought I'd uh, turn things around with a little bit of feel-good positivity from the sports world of kids Mm -hmm. to end things. So uh, my good vibe story is about a Little League batter hit on the head going up and embracing a devastated pitcher in an aspiring display of sportsmanship. Now, this is a video, and feel it more when you watch the video, but the story is just sweet in written form as well. So at the Southwest Region Championship in, in Little League Baseball, the crowd was treated to not only the best some of the best performances from the boys aged 10 to 12, but their best manners as well. One of the balls thrown by the pitcher for Texas East got away from him, and it beamed the batter in the head, knocking his helmet off and leaving him lying on the ground. The 12-year-old Oklahoma player got up and signaled that he was all right and walked to first base as fans in Waco, Texas applauded him. Even though Isaiah Jarvis recovered, he noticed from 90 feet away that the pitcher was having a much harder time. 
Caden Shelton was having was hanging his head and clearly was upset after his last pitch hit Isaiah in the head. That's when something unusual happened. Isaiah dropped his helmet at the bag and then walked over slowly to the pitcher's mound where Caden was still struggling. He wrapped his arm around the pitcher and began assuring him that everything was okay. Isaiah told CNN that he wanted to make sure that he knows that I'm okay and that I'll be fine. And he said, he said to him, you're doing great into his ear. The whole scene was the opposite of what normally happens in baseball when the pitcher might walk over to make sure the batter who got hit is okay. Uh, here, the blonde from Oklahoma, who later said that he had a small bruise from the incident, was soothing the emotional wounds of the pitcher who was feeling it on the inside. So basically, he was, what they're saying is usually the, 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 the pitcher comes over to make sure the batter's okay, but in yeah. this situation, the, the batter comes over to make sure the pitcher's okay, which right. is like very unusual. Unusual. So people in the crowd were clearly moved, with TV cameras catching people wiping their eyes during the game or during the touching scene. Caden told CNN, "I think the lesson is that you should care for people, care for other people. Like if they're down, you should just care for them. Try to build them up." Caden ended up leading Texas East to a win, which advanced them to the Little League World Series, which will be held later this month. Isaiah said he'll be rooting for them. Um, like I said, this is a very emotional video, and also. I'm the type of uh, maniacal person that if I was a kid, I would have did the little hanging down my head thing. And then when he walked over to me, I would have boom, hit him in his chest with the with the uh, glove and the ball. Why? Because you came off your base. You're out. Wow. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been out, though. That's not how you, that's not how that works. Do you play baseball? I did play baseball. What yeah, do you, you mean? You, you can't come off you the can base. Call a timeout. You can say it didn't say that when I read it. I didn't. I don't remember the video. I don't <laughs> remember seeing him call a timeout. Yeah. I thought he just walked over to no, him. No, he can't just no. I thought he came off his base and walked up to him and tried to no, give him a hug. Man, no, he he did that. But you called. You can call a timeout. Okay. And before he walked over there, his coach was already his coach was already there. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I forgot that part. I thought the coach came over after the kid came over and talked to him. Either way, either way, either way, the, 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 the ball play was the play was dead. The play was dead. Players went over there and talked to him. Okay. Before he came over. Now I'd have been over like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Psych. Uh, gotcha. Out. He's out. And then the ref is like, damn man, that's bad sportsmanship. Rule number. I start. I pull the rule book out. He came off his base. I tagged him. He's out. Oh, that's childish. I know. It's <laughs> it was ten to twelve little league baseball. It yeah, it is childish. No, that movie is childish. Well, the yeah, fake, the fake like you fake sad that I hit emotional hit you with the distress ball. and then you tag somebody out and they go over to see you to check on your well being. <laughs> sick, man. I do anything to win. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I do, yeah, I do anything to win, man. Fuck them kids. I do anything to win. Uh, my uh, what? My good vibe is about smart contacts. Ooh. Smart contact lenses have been developed by scientists that diagnose cancer oh. by detecting tumor chemicals found in tears during the early stages of the disease. Wow. Yeah, man. So it captures the signals. It captures the signals of transporters called exosomes, which are which are like what do you say, which are little like secret messengers within our bodies. Hmm. So found within cells, they end up in various fluids and have wealth. They have they have a wealth of proteins on their surfaces, which can be used as hallmarks of cancer, viral infections, and injuries. Oh, wow. So minimizing delays to treatment improves survival rates in cancer patients. Every month can risk every month can raise risk by of death by by around ten percent. Oh wow. 
These contact lenses offer a potential platform for cancer pre-screening and or supportive um, uh, diagnostics, Mm -hmm. um, supportive diagnostic tool that is easy, rapid, sensitive, and cost-effective and non-invasive. I don't know. There's no. There's no price. They had of a, the context. The context on here. Well, men, get your prostate checked, man. Hey, yeah, you know it's important. But he said the lens can detect exosomes in various solutions from various cell lines and human tears. Said project leader Professor Ali Man. I don't know how to say his name. Ali K. It can different <laughs> uh, differentiate differentiate expression of surface proteins as cancer biomarkers. Which wow. is like, it's like reading, always, it's, it's always reading. something like found. It was like, oh, we can detect just from tears. We can yeah. just take a look. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Reading the tears. That's wild. Yeah. So they have contact lenses that can detect if you have cancer. That sounds so great, but I'll just, tears. it sucks that I'll never have them because I couldn't, you'd have to pay me an embarrassing sum of money to, for me to touch my own eye. Oh, yeah, I man. just can't put a contact in. To, uh, yeah, I, mean, I see people do my eyes water up. Yeah, I yeah, look yeah. away. Yeah. I cannot do eye stuff. I cannot do eye Unless stuff. Unless I got an eyelash in my eye, then I have to. I have what? To. You have to what? Touch your I'm eye? finger in my eye, yeah. Oh, you even just saying that <laughs> made me mad. Oh. I'm going to get out. You just move your eye around until it goes away somewhere. It might go uh, in the back in your brain or something uh, like that. I don't know. Out. Fuck that. Look to the other way and put my finger in my eye. Oh. Oh, no, it's stick no. right to your finger. Take no, I can't. Do I that. hate eye stuff, but if I have to do it, I have to. I could never put a contact in my. I remember being like a kid and seeing people. I'm a vampire, and they put in uh, like so party city contacts. Oh. No, God, why would you say that? Oh. Putting put in like red contacts. God, mm. the eye flip thing. Oh, I can't. To this day, I can't watch somebody do that either. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so disgusting. And it's always the weirdest kids do, could do that. Yeah. Flip oh, fucking oh. Uh. But yeah, no, I mean like party party contacts. Like the idea that there's people right now, there's a ton of people who are living lies and they're like, I, oh my God, I have green eyes. Yeah. It's you like you wake yeah. up every day and you put in contact. You touch your eye every day for cosmetic reasons? Yeah. To trick people into thinking you have blue eyes? Come on, man. I always wanted to get cat eyes. I thought that was cool. Cat eyes? Yeah. I always thought that looked cool. In broad daylight as a grown person with cat I mean, eyes. I was, a, I was like. What age? I feel like we might have had discussions like, about this. Probably. Maybe we like, probably like, yo, you know, you get the green ones. The, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that was a sick conversation that we were having. That like, well, they wouldn't even know what to do when I hit them with the green eyes. I'm going crazy out there in the mall. <laughs> cat eyes is, yo. If there was photo evidence of you walking around thinking you're like taking dope photos with cat <laughs> eyes, I'd be like, this guy. That'd what be fire. That would have been fire back in the day. <laughs> Like, what are you? You know, I'm uh, <laughs> Polynesian. You just make up some shit you don't even know. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm Polynesian. You believe it. So <laughs> Man, yeah, but uh, yeah, so yeah, a couple of good vibes. Frank, you got any uh, recommendations? Um, I did watch the rehearsal. Yes, the that. finale is out now if you're listening to this. Psychotic. Absolutely. Uh, season two confirmed. He's been yeah, approved for yeah. season two. Um, I started watching the, I watched the first part of the Manta Teo. Um, Whoa. Thing, I finished it. Which is, you finished it? Yeah. Which is like, it's crazy to hear the story now because I forgot. I remember it, it mm-hmm. back in the day, but I didn't, but dive into years it. later, now he's like, good details. You go, what the yeah. fuck? And then like, it's, 
that whole thing is just insane. Let me ask you this though, yeah. Because in hindsight, watching it now and like the show Catfish is so prevalent and yeah. the word is so prevalent, you watch it now and I have a tendency to go, "He's dumb," you know, or "What a dummy." Yeah. But because 2009 doesn't feel that long ago, but it was, and yeah. it was a and, di- and a lot has happened. Yeah, catfishing wasn't a thing. But the idea it that wasn't like, a known it wasn't a known thing. Yeah, but you think about it almost speaks to how many technological leaps we've made. The idea that you go. You didn't want to do a video chat or yeah, FaceTime. Yeah. It's like FaceTime didn't exist. Skype existed, but maybe Skype wasn't that popular that you go, I don't know. I'm just in a long distance relationship. I'm not really think. I talked to her on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm not really thinking about, I see pictures of her. Yeah. You know, like there is enough of a gap there where, I mean, I don't know though. Cause when we were in middle school, we were going on, we were on like video chats and stuff. Yeah. We were on Uvu and that's 2007. No, 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 it's like 2011. No, no, no. That was like 2011. That was, yeah, 2011. Yeah. yeah, so never mind. So like it wasn't even that, wasn't even the one that was like, what was it, the other one, like chat roulette? Mm-hmm. All that stuff was like 2010, 2011. So he kind of, this happened like right before video chatting was a, more of a common occurrence. Right. Like more social, where probably the only people that were in video conferences between like 2005 and 2009 were like CEOs. Probably, yeah. You know, where it wasn't like commercially people casually at home doing video conferences so when you look back at it you go how do you fall for this shit but that's how far we've come in yeah, 11 years or whatever 12 years that shit was crazy did, did you do you find yourself going like come on man you fell for this yeah the, the video part is just that's the easiest thing to point at yeah you but didn't like, want to then when you start diving into it, you go well, I have a video video came out at this point yeah but the pictures i mean like Send me a picture. Send me a picture. I don't. Wait, I don't, don't, don't want to spoil it. You go to wait till you get to oh, the okay. second. Okay. Well, part. I, I haven't seen the second part. Watch, but, watch, wait till you watch the second. With part. A, but I mean, like, just remembering the story when it when it broke. Yeah. And then now getting all the details, you go like, this this shit is wild for sure. Absolutely insane. I didn't know how deep it got. Like they right. they really yeah, start yeah. going into like how it affected his draft stock and yeah, how man. it affected even he didn't win the Heisman, but they even insinuate that. He had a good year, but he's good. It wasn't he was that good. good that the publicity of oh my god, this kid went out and played after his grandmother died and his girlfriend died, and almost like the media boosted him into almost winning the Heisman when he had a he had a he had a good year, but it wasn't Heisman good. Mm. But the storyline propelled him to be on the same stage as Johnny Manziel. That what, oh, okay, that's what happened. Yeah, right. yeah. That's what that's hmm. what they're insinuating. Obviously, I think Manti Teo was really talented. I thought he had a pretty. I didn't. I didn't watch him every that's game, I, but, but I thought he had a pretty I, collegiate. But think know, about like career. You think that because you know his name, and yeah, you know his name because of because story. of the you know that's yeah, that's true. almost speaks into like the media manipulation and how much uh, power these like sports writers and stuff have over people's careers and the, yeah, their that's fate. True. That's true. But um, any other? That's it. Um. I watched something else, but I can't remember what it is. You can go ahead. Okay. Well, mine, um, a rehearsal. The rehearsal, please finish it. It's fantastic if you haven't. And surprisingly, this one caught me off guard. I watched it. I just had some some free time to spare. And it is, so far, really fucking good. Is the Resident Evil show? Mm. It's really, I thought it was going to be cheesy and the CGI was going to be shitty. And I don't know. I had a bunch of low expectations that made me not watch it when I first saw it. And I watched it. And there's about eight episodes. I'm on episode seven. And it's got the guy. There's a guy from The Wire who was a really good actor on The Wires in it. And the storyline's really cool. And the graphics are great. And it's really fucking good, man. 
I was really surprised because I just Resident Evil got kind of repetitive. They made like seven of the movies and Mila Jovovich, they ran her into the ground. Just like, all right, man, I don't need to see. Now she can fly, like whatever. It just got stupid. So I didn't expect anything from the show. And the show's really fucking good. So if you're into zombie stuff, it's a different take on the zombie stuff. It's it's good action, good storyline. Uh, Resident Evil, man, I really like that show. And like I said, uh, at some point um, early earlier, I read Jeanette McCurdy's um, memoir. I'm glad my mom's died. I'm glad my mom is dead, or I'm glad my mom died. It's either, what's one of those? She's like holding the mom, her mom's urn on the cover, like excited. Yeah, yeah it's but it's deep, and the the title makes sense once you get through the book. Obviously, like most books, I think, but it's really good, and you learn a lot. But you did the audiobook? Yeah, you know that. But except I do have I have I have Viola Davis's memoir, the actual book, and I'm gonna read that because I hear her life is like wow. Mm. Viola Davis, I, you like apparently her if you when you read her autobiography you go no wonder she can cry like that and do the stuff that she does on screen like you know she taps into she has some places she can tap into that's what I heard anyway I heard mm. she had a really rough life that's what I heard so. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to crack that book open, but yeah, those are a couple of my recommendations. Oh, I watched the uh, day shift. I wa- that's fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah fun. Yeah, 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 fun. It, you know, it's a little silly, sure, but fun. Yeah, it and caught it caught stuff off guard. She was jumping and shit. In the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what did the, but she yeah. didn't? She didn't have any idea. She like it came out of the gate intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were going at it, and that yeah. old lady was that old lady. They were going that at it. That shit was wild. Good movie. Yeah, it was funny though. Yeah, it was it was a fu- it was a fun watch. That's what I would say. Yeah, um, yeah, that's about all I got. I watched. Yeah, we, we have Manti Teo thing, Resident Evil, the rehearsal. Those are some good ones. Check those out. And uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. See you guys in Dallas this week, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.